This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of the show we call Headlines. It's brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand. Headlines gives you a daily up-to-date news of everything that's trending on social media and on the various wrestling websites in the world of professional wrestling for Monday. May the 16th, 2022. We hope your week is starting off well. There's so many things that are trending in the world of pro wrestling on this Monday. Let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. From Wrestling Inc., Eric Mutter is writing in today, Kane Velasquez is denied bail for a second time. Kane Velasquez will not be living prison anytime soon. Former AAA and WWE star and UFC heavyweight champion was denied bail for a second time today at a court hearing, keeping him imprisoned as he awaits trial charges for first-degree attempted murder. Now, the MMA reporter Nolan King provided live coverage on the hearing. During today's hearing, which reportedly lasted around an hour, Cain Velasquez's attorney revealed that Velasquez was willing to post a $1 million bond. It was also noted that Velasquez was willing to be subjected to electronic monitoring and have supervision at all times if he were be to released. Now, the hearing also featured video testimony from one of the alleged victims, Paul Bender. Bender is the stepfather of a man who's been accused of molesting one of Velasquez 
Vasquez's younger relatives. Now, according to his testimony, Bender said he suffered a severe artery and nerve damage as a result of Velasquez's alleged shooting of him. He also claimed his injuries were so bad that he can no longer work. He said, and I quote, in Velasquez no, has no respect for human life, Bender said in his testimony. I'm fearful for my life as well as the lives of my family. Now, during the same hearing, an official request from Las Vasquez's defense team offered up defense that says to do traumatic brain injury or CTE had led Velasquez to act impulsively. In the end, the judge denied Velasquez's bail. This was such a reckless and disregard for human life, the judge said of the incident. Now, Velasquez was arrested on February 28th as he allegedly followed Bender and his stepson in a high-pursuit chase, rammed the vehicle, and then opened fire on them, hitting Bender. At the time, Bender was taken to a hospital and treated with what was reported as non-life-threatening injuries. Now, in addition to the first-degree murder attempt, Velasquez was also charged with one count of shooting at a motor vehicle, three counts of assault with a firearm, three counts assault of a deadly weapon, one count of willfully discharging a firearm from a vehicle, and one count of carrying a loaded firearm with intent to commit a felony. He was denied bail for the first time since March the 7th. If you'd like to find out more on the Cain Velasquez story, go ahead and follow Wrestling Inc. as they have all the news trending at this hour. Steve Blackman, former WWE superstar during the Attitude Era, makes a rare public appearance. Wrestling Inc. is reporting at this hour, former WWE star Steve Blackman was a guest on Sunday's MCW Spring Show in Millersville, Maryland. Matt and Jeff Hardy, who wrestled Matt Taven and Mike Bennett at the event, ran into the Lethal Weapon backstage and Matt Hardy shared a photo via social media. He says, myself and Jeff were so happy to run into Steve Blackman today, a legit cool and badass dude who rarely does public appearance these days. Matt Hardy was likely referencing to WWE Hall of Famer JBL in a story that he and Blackman had that was well documented back in WWF at the time where JBL tried to allegedly bully Blackman on several occasions until Blackman retaliated. Now, according to Hardcore Holly's book in 2013, The Hardcore Truth, Bob Holly's story, J JBL apologized to Blackman after getting whipped around backhanded by Blackman at a Kansas City airport. JBL confirmed the story during a YouTube Q&A session last year, thanking Ken Shamrock for breaking up the fight with Blackman. If you'd like to find out more about the rare public appearance made by Steve Blackman, go ahead and cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. as they have that article trending at this. All right, Colby Fiara has an article trending right now on Wrestling Inc. Backstage news on... MJF and his AEW contract situation. MJF and AEW aren't close to coming to terms on a new deal and it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. In an update provided by Fightful Select, All Elite Wrestling star MJF haven't had any formal talks on a potential renewal for his deal. Now, per Fightful and MJF, AEW haven't had any negotiations and the outspoken star has reportedly not addressed any overtures from the company when trying to begin negotiations. Now, it is worth noting that President AEW Tony Khan would be willing to to pay him comparable to other top stars. AEW has reworked other deals in the past. However, those involved have said that adding on to his contract right now would not look very good. It was noted that MGF isn't looking to increase the figure on his current deal without a current extension. Now, it was reported last week that MGF had begun stating that he was frustrated with Khan and the company, and he was leaning for, toward not re-signing with AEW when his contract expires in 2024. He repeatedly has gained very large interest from WWE. Now, MGF is set to take on Wardlow at AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view on May the 29th. If MJ wins, Wardlow can never sign a contract with All Elite Wrestling, and if Wardlow wins, MJ must release him from his contract. However, Wardlow must 
compete the following stipulations to take place. MJF will deliver 10 shots or lashes to his back, much like they did with Cody Rhodes. Wardlow will face Sean Spears in a steel cage match in which MJF, MJF will be the special gift referee. For more information on MJF and his contract status, continue to follow the writers over at Wrestling all right, more news. Robert Grunier is reporting at this hour about the big news that came out today regarding the Nature Boy Ric Flair. As many of you knew, Nature Boy Ric Flair has announced that he is coming out of retirement. Well, there's a little bit more to this story than we originally thought. As noted earlier, Ric Flair announced he'll be coming out of retirement for his first match in over a decade. Now, Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer added that the announcement claiming that Flair gives some insight on who his opponents will be for the bout. The Nature Boy will be making an appearance. He'll be tag team with FTR's Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, and their opponents will be legendary team Rock and Roll Express and someone else. Now, until today, the final opponent for the Flair FTR six-man tag match had not been revealed, but a new report coming from Fightful Select indicates that one of Ric Flair's legendary rivals, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, will be the third man. Now, if it ends up happening as planned, this will be Steamboat's first match since the FCW tag team match with his son that happened back in 2010. He recently made an appearance with Major League Wrestling as a matchmaker in February of 2022. Now, for Flair, this is his first match back since he wrestled for TNA in 2011. The match will take place at Jim Crockett Promotions' StarCast event in Nashville, Tennessee on July the 31st. The show is set to air live via Fight TV just one day after WWE SummerSlam, which will also be in Nashville. For more information on the Ric Flair Recovery Tour, please check out Wrestling Inc., and they'll have all of the details. As the headlines keep coming in, Raj Gary is reporting at this hour, WWE SmackDown garners the lowest audience since last July. Now, WWE SmackDown ratings this past Friday saw a drop from the previous week. Now, SmackDown averaged 1.8 million viewers with a .40 in the 18-49 to demo, according to Nielsen data via Showbuzz Daily. Now, the audience was down 5.3% from the prior week's 18-49, to and that is down 13% from the show. Now, wrestling did face a strong competition from the NBA playoffs as well as the NHL playoffs. On network television, SmackDown was number two for the night in the 18 to 49 demo behind Shark Tank, which averaged 3.3 million viewers and a 0.45 in the 18 to 49. However, the two NBA playoff games, which was on ESPN and then SportsCenter on ESPN and NBA Courtside on ESPN, beat everything on both of the networks. It got a tremendous audience. Now, in terms of total viewers, SmackDown was eighth on the night for the network television beating Charmed and Dynasty on the CW. Now, SmackDown audience was the lowest, as we had reported, since July of 2021 episode, which was the start of the 4th of July holiday weekend. In the 18-49 to 49 rating was the second lowest for Fox, with the April 29th episode two weeks ago being the only one that was lower than a .38. Year-to-year, -year, SmackDown was down 1% in total viewers, while the 18-49 to 49 rating uh, demo was down 9% from this same time last year. Last year's episode had competition from regular season NBA games, while this year was opposed to the NBA playoffs and as well as the NHL playoffs. If you'd like to read more about what's going on with SmackDown and all the ratings, please continue to follow Wrestling Inc. as they will give you all of the latest. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour, reality competition show featuring Nikki Bella. Well, it has been canceled. It appears that Nikki Bella's reality competition show, America's Got Talent Extreme, is going to be 
be coming to an end. Though it has not been officially canceled at this time, Deadline is reporting on Monday that AGT Extreme, along with other unscripted series such as Making It and Family Game Night, have been taken off of NBC's schedule. Now, the report further states that there are no plans for another season for AGT Extreme at this time. A spinoff of America's Got Talent, AGT Extreme, saw Nikki Bella serve as one of the three judges of the show, alongside Simon Cowell and motorsports icon Travis Pastaria. Actor Terry Crews served as the host of the show as well. Now, compared to its parent show, America's Got Talent, America's Got Talent Extreme focuses on large-scale events. Now, at this time, Nikki Bella hasn't commented on the news of AGT Extreme's future. Now, the two-time WWE Divas Champion and WWE Hall of Famer, alongside her sister Nikki Bella, haven't ruled out a potential return to the ring, saying that she'd be willing to as long as the doctors cleared her on a recent Q&A session she did with America's Got Talent. She would go on to say, and I quote, As long as doctors say yes, and especially with my sister, when we left, they brought in new tag team championship titles. I kind of thought, hmm, maybe when my son is about three or four, maybe I could do this again. This would be a dream of mine, especially as a woman to have some of the best matches of my career with my son sitting ringside and be able to say, hey, that's my mom. I really would like to go back with my sister one day, fight for those tag titles, and win them in front of our kids. That would be amazing. If you'd like to find out more about Nikki Bella and her career, please go ahead and check out Wrestling Inc. at this hour. Eric Mutter is reporting in at this hour that r legendary wrestler PCO has an injury. PCO likes to say that he isn't human, and if the new report is to believe, that Mary very well may be the case. After suffering, suffering an injury scared this past weekend at the Impact tapings, PCO will be back in no time at all and is scheduled to make all of his upcoming bookings, according to PW Insider. Now, PCO worked twice at Impact Wrestling's Citrus Bowl tapings this past weekend. First, PCO teamed with W. Morrissey to take on Moose and Steve Macklin on Friday, followed by a singles match against Macklin on Saturday. Now, during the match, it was reported that PCO appeared to dislocate his shoulder, taking a bump into ring steps. It was also reported that there was bleeding from his mouth and his head. Now, the 35-year veteran PCO has become known for his high risk-taking, especially since he came out of retirement in 2016. Despite his desire for taking numerous bumps, the former Ring of Honor world champion has largely avoided serious injury as he's wrestled well into his 50s and appears to have done so many things without having injured himself traumatically. After his release from Ring of Honor in 2021, PCO joined Impact Wrestling in aligning himself with former Ring of Honor stars Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Kenny King, Vincent, Eddie Edwards, and Maria Canellis Bennett in a stable of Honor No More. He recently defeated Jonah in a Monsters Ball match on a most recent episode of Impact Wrestling. If you'd like to find out more about PCO, follow him on social media and continue to follow the coverage over here at Wrestling Inc. Matthew Wilkinson is also writing in at this hour from Wrestling Inc. Tony Khan questions Vince McMahon's habit of ripping up scripts. AEW President Tony Khan recently spoke with Forbes about Vince McMahon's habit of ripping up WWE Raw scripts the day of the show. It was reported many times over the years that the scripts for the red brand have been changed just hours before the show is set to air. To be honest, Khan would say, when I hear about someone going in and then having a TV show that's going to be happening that night and then ripping it up 
My first thought is, what were you doing all weekend? Because I work my ass off on the weekends, he claims. I have come in with a plan on a Wednesday and a Friday, and I make sure that Dynamite and Rampage are great shows. So I don't do everything myself, but I do have the final decision on everything. I put the format together. I put an outline of what the show is going to be for Dynamite and Rampage. I write it by hand. I don't understand why you're going to come in and rip up a script. There's some probably pretty good ideas on it as well. And... You should have approved things before Monday. What are we doing? If you'd like to read more about what Tony Khan had to say about the script ripping of Vince McMahon, please go ahead and check out all the latest news over at Wrestling Inc. Matthew Wilkinson is also reporting at this hour for AEW. Ty Conte and Sammy Guevara address AEW fans turning on them. AEW Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti recently spoke with Wrestling about how wrestling fans in AEW recently started to turn on them since the pair became a couple on social media. AEW audience has begun to slowly turn on the duo, which has been very clear in recent television episodes. Despite the fact that we have been getting booed out of the building, Ty says, It isn't people that dislike them. I don't feel any different about people. I think people still actually love us. Samba Guevara was discussed and he was talking about the relationship about the fans and how they have booed them. And Sammy believes that things aren't any different. In my opinion, they still are the same as they've always been. What has changed? The people changed. We are the same, he said. We are still the beautiful Tai Conte, the Brazilian goddess, and the Spanish god. During all these crazy things in the ring as we always have, I'm still the same person and she is still the same person. Now, the couple are currently the AAA Mixed Tag Team Champions and have been feuding with America's top team in the latest episodes of AEW. Now, during this rivalry, Sammy Guevara believes that the fake fans have exposed themselves for their hate for them, and the core audience still supports both of the talents. He would go on to say, I think what really has happened with people is they've exposed themselves. I don't think people hate us. I think the fans really have exposed themselves as being fake, the ones who boo us. The real people for us are still here, our core audience, the people who have always supported us and love us. Ty Conti then added in that she's questioning why anyone would actually hate them by saying, I quote, I mean, we did nothing wrong for people to hate us. That's what I'm saying. Why would they hate us? If you'd like to find out more about what Ty Conte and Sammy Guevara had to say about their non-direct heel turn in AEW, check out Matthew Wilkinson's article once again, which is trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Matthew Wilkinson is also writing in at this hour about the American nightmare Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes believes he is in fact the best in the world, and he says it's by a large margin. Cody Rhodes recently spoke with Justin Barso of Sports Illustrated about Roman Reigns and how he views himself as the best wrestler currently in the world. The American Nightmare and the Tribal Chief have been kept apart so far in WWE since Cody has returned, but Cody was not shy about giving his thoughts on the WWE Universal Undisputed Champion. He would say, and I quote, Roman Reigns and I, we haven't had any interactions yet, Rhodes said. We haven't crossed paths in the ring. I've seen enough to know that he is incredible, and he is better when you even see him up close. So, this isn't the easiest path that I'm going to choose, but I know I can do this. Now, even though Roman Reigns holds the top gold in WWE, Rhodes believes that it is he that is the best in the world in WWE. Rhodes knows that these comments may upset some fans, but he believes each week he needs to continue to improve. Cody would go on to say, and I quote, I think I'm the best wrestler in the world, and I think it's by a large margin. This upsets a lot of people, 
but I don't mean it to draw any ear from any fans. This is all I do. I am not in charge. I'm here to hone my craft, to build my body and win matches. Every week I have to do better. That's the ultimate clarity for me. Now, if Cody Rhodes is putting himself against the former AEW stars, he wants Fox to come calling for him, and that's all he wants. He says, I'm on the flagship show. Look at the pyro and all the grandeur. Hats off to Kevin Dunn and his team for taking the American Nightmare and expanding upon it. I know I must get better each and every week. That's the way I can stay as the best in the world. If you'd like to go ahead and read more about what Cody Rhodes has to say about himself and his potential clash with Roman Reigns, continue to read more about this on Wrestling Inc. Now, Marco Rivera is also writing in an article about Cody Rhodes as well. Brandy Rhodes is opening up about her priorities following her AEW departure. During an exclusive interview with People.com, Brandy spoke about her current priorities after leaving AEW with her husband earlier this year. With her husband working as an executive vice president during his stint in AEW, Brandy worked as a chief brand officer for the company and both were an integral part of creating AEW. She then went and said, I've had many career changes that weren't really anticipated over the past year and actually turned out to be a really great thing because through all these changes, I've had the ability to be like, you know what? I'm prioritizing things. My daughter now, she says. We are literally just doing whatever we want. We're discovering things together, and we are traveling as a family together. I'm able to say, hey, I want to I want to have my baby here with us. I've been blessed with the freedom to be able to see motherhood exactly the way I wanted to do it and not hold anything back. Now, she continued to talk about her daughter. Brandy talked about whether or not she would be okay with her daughter, Liberty, getting involved in wrestling at one day. The former AEW talent said she would like her to find her own path, but if wrestling was something that she became interested in, she and Cody would encourage her to do whatever she falls in love with. If you'd like to read more about what Brandy Rhodes has to say, an excellent article by Marco Rivera is trending at this hour over on Wrestling Inc. Matthew Wilkinson is also reporting at this hour The Young Rock to start opposing WWE SmackDown this coming fall. The NBC schedule has been confirmed for fall of 2022, which was revealed that the third season of Young Rock is going to be going up against WWE SmackDown. It was recently announced that the popular show has been picked up for another season, which will see the life and the career of Dwayne The Rock Johnson continue to be told. Now, the set of episodes are going to start airing in November. Now, an exact date hasn't officially been confirmed, but they're moving the show to Friday nights. The official press release for the NBC schedule is as follows. In November, the laughs will begin with George Lopez's family comedy, Lopez vs. Lopez, at 8 p.m., teeing the season up for season three of Dwayne Johnson's bio-series, Young Rock, at 8.30. Now, previously, The Young Rock was airing on Tuesdays, but now it will go ahead against WWE SmackDown. The blue brand will take place at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and NBC's show is set to drop from 8.30 to 9. This means fans will have some conflict, as Young Rock has proven to be a hit with the wrestling audience. The Rock himself will continue to star in the show alongside Joseph Lee Anderson, Stacey Lua, Anna Twongza, and so many others. The WWE legend has not commented on the renewal of the show as of yet, but Seven Bucks Vice President and former WWE head writer Brian Gerwitz took to Twitter to share his thoughts. He would go on to say, and I quote, We're back, baby. Can't wait to dive into Season 3 of The Young Rock. This is shaping up to be a hell of a week. 
If you'd like to read more about the renewal of The Young Rock for Season 3 and its competition with SmackDown, definitely go ahead and check out Matthew Wilkinson's article that is trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Now, Eric Mutter's writing in the latest on Kota Ibushi's status with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, many of you have noticed that over the last couple of weeks, Kota Ibushi has gone back and forth with New Japan Pro Wrestling management about his frustration within the company, and he says he has some things that he would share if things don't go correctly. As Kota Ibushi and New Japan continue to clash, Pro Wrestling Stories reaches its second week, you know what? Things haven't changed. In Sunday's daily update on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer noted that Abushi remains with New Japan at this time, and he hasn't been fired yet. Now, despite this, Meltzer also reported that New Japan and its parent company, Bush Road, are not happy with the publicity that has been brought forth by Kota Abushi's comments on social media last week. Now, last Tuesday, Abushi shocked the wrestling landscape when he fired off numerous posts on Twitter saying he was going to expose the cheater gun and sexually harassing bosses. The former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion also posted multiple conversations between him and New Japan higher-ups. Many screenshots of these have been posted already to social media, and you can read those. Now, the conversations revealed a dispute between Abusha, Obushi and other returning members of the New Japan management team. Now, after Abushi returned from his shoulder injury he suffered in the G1 Climax last August, there were three different conversations that he had with management, and at one point, the conversation suggested Abushi's contract would be ending, which Abushi wasn't bothered by. Abushi continued to be active on Twitter over the weekend, including lobbying for more accusations against New Japan, but, as Meltzer noted, things have seemed to quiet down after his final tweet. He finally tweeted, I will fight until the end, Abushi tweeted. I will not surrender to them. While several wrestlers have cryptically applauded Kota Ibushi's situation on social media, the only New Japan star to officially comment on the controversy is Yano, who did not appear on the podcast. According to Meltzer, Yano stated that he wasn't thrilled about Ibushi conf confusing fans with his outbursts, but also said that he still thinks Ibushi is his friend and he still wants him to be a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, depending on whether or not Abushi stays with New Japan could ultimately impact him working with AEW, specifically with Kenny Omega, as there has been some rumors stating that Kenny Omega may be bringing him back for another run as the tag team The Golden Lovers. Please continue to check out Wrestling Inc. as all the information continues to roll in. Matthew Wilkinson's also writing in at this hour. Yep, as we talked about earlier in the show, Ric Flair, he's coming back. WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair confirmed that he'll be making his in-ring return for one final match on July 31st, Jim Crockett Promotions. The Nature Boy announced the news on his Twitter by saying, The rumors are true. I'm going to walk that aisle and style and profile one last time, July 31st. Nashville, Tennessee, Jim Crockett Promotions. I will prove once again to be the man you've got to beat the man. Now, we're going to go to school. Woo! You can get all the information and tickets at rickflairslastmatch.com. Another big news coming out right now, Matthew Wilkinson is mentioning. Backstage news on WWE advertising WrestleMania events for former Money in the Bank winner. Vince McMahon himself 
put it on the line about the winner of WWE's Money in the Bank getting a title shot at WrestleMania. Now, according to Dave Meltzer on the latest edition of Wrestling Observer, which was reported by Ringside News. Now, the new advertisement for upcoming WWE Premium Live event first aired on WWE WrestleMania Backlash. It featured Cody Rhodes talking to the camera and saying a line that he has said, which has caused a lot of confusion. One lucky male and female superstar will win a chance to main event WrestleMania codes claims in the promo but some things have changed a little bit. The decision to include that verbiage was done directly by Vince McMahon. Now, despite the confusion based on how WWE scripted their promos, the fact that it keeps airing, the plans are certainly not set to change regarding the briefcase from prior years, but the creative team has reportedly been told that things will be the same for the most part. While things can change once again between now and then, it is expected that the briefcase will carry the same qualities as ever. Of course, traditionally, the winner of the Money in the Bank briefcase gets to cash it in for one entire year. This can be done at any time, any place, from live events to Raw and SmackDown, including all the major premium live events. It's never been restricted to just one night. That makes it very interesting. Now, this does include WrestleMania itself. Should the winner hold the briefcase until that point, Seth Rollins is currently the only wrestler in history to actually cash in on the grandest stage of them all. He did it at WrestleMania 31, injecting himself into the Brock Lesnar match with Roman Reigns to leave as champion. If you'd like to find out more about what's happening with Money in the Bank, and if anything will change, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. All right, that is going to do it for all the major headlines that are trending right now in the world of pro wrestling. If you would like to follow us, definitely follow me on social media. I am at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Each and every day, we deliver you all the major headlines that are trending right now in the world of pro wrestling in Impact, WWE, AEW, AAA, and many more. That's going to do it. We'll catch you tomorrow on another episode of Headlines. The world of NLW Radio never stops.